Welcome to Lighthouse 805 Podcast. This Sunday is a special message about what it means to be in Christ fully through the looking glass. Looking glass. Would you share the name of the message with someone near you? Maybe even say, you look good today with one hour less of sleep. Glad you made it. Yes, good morning. I had an interesting situation happen on Friday, and I wanted to share it with you guys. Um, It was by no means apocalyptic, but it was close to it. Chaos ensued. I talked to my wife several times about it Um, at my workplace. This is, it was crazy. It was chaos, to say the least. It's two two stories two floors, and the top floor, all coffee machines and hot water machines were taken. All of Friday. It was intense. You know, we survived. We made it through. It was okay. Um, but at one point, at 7.30 a.m., which I usually have had at least, at least one cup of coffee by then. Minimum. Sometimes two, maybe three. But 7.30, I'm usually ready to go. And I was sitting there, and I was like, what's happening And I look around and other people are just like wandering with their coffee cups, standing at where there's multiple coffee machines sprinkled around and walking up and going, I don't, just lost. What do I do? Life is ending. There's no coffee machine here. (laughs) One manager went to one station and was like, he just looked lost, completely just oblivious. Walked back to me and goes, do you know where the coffee machine is? I was like, why would I know where the coffee machine is? And he goes, I'm going to go check the other. And he just started wandering around. And at one point, everyone on my team was just as lost. And we're like, we, we got to figure something out. So we all got up and we headed to go get a coffee next door because obviously we could alleviate the situation pretty easily. And so we're walking towards uh, Whole Foods and I'm already, I'm already pumping up the team. I'm like, man, they got this new coffee there. They have this organic vanilla. You can even get oat milk that's organic and it's gonna be so good. We're walking, we're so excited, 7.30, 7.45-ish. We're walking and I'm like hyping up and everyone's getting more energized, right? I'm just fueling the situation. And we get to, we get to Whole Foods and we walk up and it, it should have triggered in your brain, but you know when you don't have coffee, for me at least, you do, you're not thinking right. Everything's kind of chained in front, and we're still walking. And I was like, yeah, but the coffee's so good. And we get to the front doors, and we're like, yeah. And you know it's like automated, and you walk up, and it, it doesn't open right away. And you're like, um, hello? Use the force. Baby Yoda, open this door. Like, what's happening right now? And I look, and I see an employee kind of wandering around and looks at me and is like, gives me that look of like, mm-mm. I was like, No you hold my coffee. It's right there. Let me in. I'll make it. Like, you know, let me just, and my whole team stand there like, great. We don't get coffee. And I remember standing there, looking through the glass, seeing all the coffee supplies, but not being able to get it. And I I had this moment, and, and while I'm just contemplating life at this moment, the rest of the team abandons me, and they go to Starbucks. 
right? And I'm just like standing there. I'm looking through the glass. I'm like, I wanted Whole Foods coffee, not Starbucks coffee right now. I just wanted, whole, and I keep thinking it. And then eventually I leave. And I kept thinking about that. Just through, through this glass, through on the other side, had everything, but I couldn't partake. I couldn't have it. I couldn't take it in into my life. And I kept thinking, that's sometimes believers, right? And sometimes non-believers. They have this viewpoint where they come so far and they can see everyone else that's being impacted by Jesus, right? Sometimes believers face this too, right? It's just the door's not open yet because we haven't gone fully in. And it's like, we look in, we see, oh, that person has this in their life, and that person has this. Why are they comforted? And I feel like this, and, and why this, and why that? And we have, we're filled with all these whys because we haven't gone through the looking glass. We haven't gone through the window. It's, it's closed off for us for some reason. A lot of times it's our own doing of why we haven't entered in. And I was really thinking about that. And so in this, in this scripture, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 through 10, it says, in him, just the opening, think about that, in him, in Whole Foods, I can get my coffee. Outside of Whole Foods, I can't. In Jesus, we'll have these other things. Without Jesus, outside of Jesus, we won't. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us. If you have a highlighter and a real Bible or a pen, circle lavished and all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan, circle plan, highlight it, for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. That is one of the longest run-on sentences in the Greek. They really wanted to make you know what was possible being in Christ. In him, all of this. And when we're in Christ, three things really open up. Number one, redemption, redeemed. If you have your Bible, circle that, highlight that too. There's three key words we're pulling out of this scripture today. Redeemed. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. I heard this story where uh, it, was a, it was an older story and uh, back when the only way to get from one country to another, so before plane, planes and all that kind of stuff, I almost said trains, but you can't really go from here to Europe on a train. Um, <laughs> thanks. Thank you, David. <laughs> the visual, right? <laughs> the, you had to take a boat, right? You had, to, you had to purchase a ticket, and you'd sit on the boat for however long, and you'd go from one country to another, one continent to another. And there's a story of this guy he wanted to migrate over to the United States, and he, he got everything. He got everything together he had, sold his land, his house, everything to get the ticket, right? The golden ticket to go over to America. He got it. He got on board. He brought some supplies for food, and he knew he could ration it out where if he just had just a little bit each day, sometimes skipping a few days, he could make it right? Very little, very little food, very little anything. And so he got his ticket, gets on the ship, has almost nothing. And so he starts going and, and, you know, it comes to be dinner time and there's this lavish banquet happening, right? All this food, all these supplies, it looks amazing. And he walks by and he looks in and he's like, man, I don't, I don't have the money for this. I can't afford this. 
And so he's just eating, you know, his little crumbs that he has to make last the whole ship. And, you know, days start going by and days go by and he's just starving and he's just getting skinnier and skinnier and skinnier. He can't, he can't afford the food. He doesn't enter into any activities because he doesn't want to purchase the tickets. He has no money. All his money went to this ticket. And so that finally docks and lands and he's like, I gotta get some food. I've been on this boat for so long. And so he, he's getting off and the captain walks up and says, I gotta ask, why did you never come into the banquet hall? And kind of embarrassed, he's like, I, I just have the money for it. And the captain looks and says, didn't, didn't anyone tell you that the price of the ticket was your entrance free to everything? You could have gotten all the food you wanted. You could have gotten all the activities you wanted. You could have done everything. That, that one ticket is everything. Everything. But you, you didn't know? And I think that's, that's believers a lot of times. The entrance fee to the kingdom of God, it's, it's paid by the blood of Jesus, but we don't know that every single thing we have access to through the word of God. It's not limited. It's not you know, minuscule. And it's funny because we think that maybe Sunday is the only time we can be fed, but no, it's everything. We're entitled to everything through the price of admission to Christianity. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Your ticket of salvation that Christ bought covers admission to everything. A, Living in freedom. Your admission ticket into the kingdom of God doesn't start when you step into heaven. It actually starts right now. It's not, it's not a, I receive Jesus so that 50, 60, 80, 90 years from now, I'm going to be living it up in, in heaven. That's, that's not where it starts. Right? That's where the cruise ship ends, and then we get to enter the kingdom of God. That's, that's where we enter heaven. But the cruise ship, we're on this life that is a cruise ship right now, just as this guy, our ticket that we purchased, Jesus purchased with his blood, entitles us to everything that's going on in this life. The first thing we get is living in freedom. Being a, being a youth pastor for a decade, I think, maybe a little more, I don't know. It was so crazy because all the youth thought that they had to ask for salvation every single time that they sinned. I was like, you don't, it's a one-time kind of purchase. You know, you might feel guilty, you might feel shame, but his, his mercy washes over us. You don't need to be resaved. You don't need to re-up your membership. It was very perplexing to kids. And I want to think maybe as adults, some of us still have this, but we don't voice it as much right? When we buy the ticket through the blood of Jesus, we're living in freedom, freedom of guilt, freedom of shame, and freedom of bondage to sin. Be the second one is adoption. When we purchase our ticket to kingdom of God, right? We're adopted. We're fully brought into a family that we didn't start with. God has signed the paperwork. He said yes before the judge, which is himself. Sign the papers. You're in. You're done. You're adopted. You're brought in. It's immediate. There's no middle time. There's no middle ground where there's paperwork being done. It's immediate. You're now adopted. 
it is done. And then C, reservation. See, when we're saved, when we're brought in him, there's a reservation that takes place. Have you ever uh, gone to a restaurant and you're thinking, you know, I'm just going to show up and it'll be good to go. Sometimes you're good. And then sometimes they're like, they look and they're like, oh yeah, uh, how much, how many is in your party you say? And then they're like, oh yeah, that would be, um, uh, oh, the wait's only two and a half hours. <laughs> what? No, I'm going to be home in two and a half hours getting ready for bed. I'm going to be eating now. Let me find somewhere else. Right, but when you have a reservation and you show up and you say, oh, I, you know, it's us, our name is this. They're like, oh, right this way, and they bring you in. There's a difference. See, in heaven, the moment that you accept the blood of Jesus and you say, I believe in you, it's, it's the transaction has happened, a reservation opens up in heaven. There's not a question about when you get to the pearly gates and they're weighing out your life. They're like, let me check the reservation. Oh, yeah, Jesus told me you're coming. You accepted him. We see it right this way, right in front of the throne of Jesus to start worshiping. There's no, there's no waiting. There, you're in. There's a reservation that happens. Number two, when we are in Christ, we are lavished. Lavished. I love this verse. When he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose. Lavished. I have this Christmas tradition that started when Patty and I started dating. Um, it's not your Christmas tradition. It is my Christmas tradition. I would say it's ours, but it, we have ours. But this one is, this is mine. This is my special one. And it's, it's very unique and I don't think anyone else has this Christmas tradition. You know, everyone has, you know, maybe some presents. Maybe midnight stuff happens. Maybe in the morning happens. Maybe you dress up in pajamas. Maybe you have a fireplace. Maybe you have a candle. Maybe you do something fun together that you do every year. Um, for me, there's, there's one thing that I look forward to. I wouldn't say the most because that would be selfish, but it's up there. And I, it's one of my favorites. So... When we're first dating, I remember showing up, uh, Patty's family celebrates at midnight, and all the cousins get together, and all the aunts and the uncles, and people that you call aunt and uncle, you don't know how they're related, but they just are. You know, we're all together hanging out. And for the first time, uh, we're sitting there, and everyone brings some food, and there was a vat. Okay, I'm not talking like a bowl, okay? Some people might have a bowl. It was a vat of guacamole. And I was like, I've never seen this much guacamole in my life. I'm going to sit right here. And I sat there, and I was just talking to everyone, just eating guacamole. I think I polished off a quarter of it, maybe more, a lot of it. But then next year when I came, uh, I noticed that that was smaller. It was a little bit less, okay? She has this massive uh, avocado tree that just, the best avocados, like huge, just delicious. And I remember it was smaller, and I, was, I sat down, and I was like, oh, I guess this whole thing is mine. Because I, I was the guy that showed up early, and I'm like, well, it's right here. It's ready. No one else is here. And I was about, I'm like going to dig in, and she was like, oh, Matt, what are you doing? And I was like, like, you know, you get caught with your hand in the cookie jar or something. I was like, oh, nothing, Conchita. <laughs> that's her name. And she was like, oh, that's for everyone else. This is for you. And she pulls out a giant bowl of guacamole. I think it was a little bit more than the party size. 
And I don't know how many avocados were in it, but I was like, I love you. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to marry into this family. And I walked over, and I just, I just ate my bowl. I think I finished it off, and next year. And then she started having a bowl every single year. And then one year, uh, my brothers came, and they finished off the party. And she's like, now I need to make more bowls. <laughs> but I remember, it's like this lavish. It's not just like a, a reservation or a, a present. It was like this lavishment. It was this excess of guacamole I was so excited for. Right? It was, she thought she was going to give me so much where I could only eat most of it. I finished it. Right? It, there's this, this concept of providing too much, so much, giving excess personally just for you. That's the concept with Jesus over each of us individually. Don't ever let the enemy lie to you thinking, oh, that believer gets it all. That believer has that and this and this, and it's so much better than myself, and God is lavishing them, and he is just, I'm just off to the side, right? I think one of the, the worst inventions that's come to this era is social media, in a sense, because it showcases everyone's highlight reels and none of their hurts. And we can think, oh, they have everything together. Look how good their life is. When in reality, they're just posting the only best things that are happening to them, Okay? Don't let that deceive you to think that's what's happening in their lives and for you to start really being selfish of saying, I want what they got because obviously my life isn't as good. In reality, God's like, no, I'm here to lavish you with what you need. And don't mistake what you need for what you want. He's going to give us what we need, lavish us in the needs of our lives. Love that. It says that he gives us wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose. So he gives us his wisdom and insight and a glimpse into his will. I think that's really interesting. For all of you that love the self-control stuff and just being in control, notice the word glimpse. He is not giving the fullness of the picture of what's happening in your life. It's a glimpse. It's a snapshot, right? So don't expect you to understand everything right away. But I love it when he, he lavishes us with it, which kind of makes me wonder when I read the scripture, if I don't feel lavished by Jesus with his wisdom and his insight and a glimpse into his will, where is it? Right? When I showed up to that party and I saw the minuscule amount of guacamole, right, there was a moment where it had to be brought out. It was kind of hidden. The same with, with Jesus into the wisdom and insight and glimpse in his will. Because A, wisdom comes through his word. Because we want the wisdom of Christ, but are we willing to dig into his word to get it? Right? It's kind of like he's saying, I already gave it to you. You just have to crack it open. Right? It's not like I'm hiding it. It's right there. And when you crack it open, you'll discover truth upon truth, wisdom upon wisdom. It's all sitting there. Well, that gives wisdom and insight. But then for his will, that comes with B. Prayer reveals his purpose. See, we can't understand his will without talking to him. 
We can't understand what he's doing without saying, God, I need you to give me a glimpse. I need you to help me understand, am I supposed to do this or this? Is this the direction or is this the direction? And a lot of times we get to forks in a road in our believer lives because we missed asking God while we're moving forward. And then we get stuck. Right Along the path is when we're supposed to have the communication because he wants to prepare us for what's to come, but instead we wait till the last second and go, okay, God, I'm stuck. Help me out. And he's like, I've been speaking the whole time. Are you kidding me? I'll still speak because I'm faithful to you and I'm going to lavish you with it. But can we change things up and instead of waiting to the dead end, start talking sooner? Right? Lastly, when we are in Christ, we are three planned. Planned. Going back to the verse, the last part of it, which he set forth in Christ as a plan, plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. I love this. God planned for you, which means... God has a plan for you. Just let that sink in. My God has planned for each one of us, which means he has a plan for us. You are planned, you are purposed, you are here for a reason, and because of that, he has a reason for your life. Right? You're not a mistake or a happenstance that just showed up one day on God's doorstep, and he's like, I gotta figure something out. You know, like, ha- have you ever, have you ever hosted a dinner party or a wedding or an event and just extra people show up and you gotta figure out something, like an pl- extra placemat, an extra food, an extra something? That's not God. He's like, I knew they were coming, which is why I already have a placemat, which is why I already have extra food. You know, God, God's not surprised by your life. So, being that God has a plan, it means that we need to allow our plans to fall in alignment with his plan, which means that we cannot be bothered with our plans if they are incorrect or wrong because we haven't sought out the wisdom yet. We need to make sure that our plans are in sync with God's plans. And then his plan, according to this verse, looking at one more time, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. So his plan, according to the verse, is A, unity through Jesus. His plan started with Jesus and is moving forward with Jesus. And the entire purpose of his plan is bringing about unity. Unity. Start thinking about things in your life. Are there any areas that are not in unity, that are not functioning together perfectly? God's plan for our lives is to bring unity. Bring us in unity with Jesus is the first one. Are we in unity with our God? Or are we not? I want to challenge you, if if you feel like you're not in unity with Jesus right now, man, get some wisdom from point two. 
get a glimpse into his will, get, a, get an understanding. What, what, are you, what is he speaking to you about? What have we been ignoring? We need unity through Jesus. And then the verse that says, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven. B, you would think it'd be unity in heaven, right? But heaven is our future. So I'm putting unity with your future. Are you living every single day of your life heaven-focused? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's one of the most used statements in the New Testament. The kingdom of heaven is here. The kingdom of heaven is near. It's at hand. It's the kingdom of, it was all about kingdom-focused. Because it's the unity with your future. Are you living your day as if you're headed to heaven and you want to take as many people with you as possible. You're future focused. It really puts life into perspective when you think about, man, my future is heaven. Right? Things that I felt were so big and so important and so weighty on my shoulders, as soon as I start looking and saying, at some point, my footsteps will cease being here and start being next to Jesus in heaven. All of a sudden, some, some of the weights kind of seem a little silly. I'm like, why am I, why am I concerned about this? Why, why is this altering my attitude right now? Why am I frustrated? Why, why is this going on in my life? This doesn't even matter compared to me standing before Jesus in his throne. I can let this one go, Right? It, it, it's so much easier being kingdom-focused. And then the verse that says, going back to the verse, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. C, unity with your now. Unity with your now. So I have a question. Are we unified with people and things around us? with the heart of Jesus. Is there, any, is there any relationships you need to mend? Is there any forgiveness that you just need, maybe you just need to throw out? Is there, is there anything that's holding you back from being in full unity like Jesus is in unity on this earth? Is there, is there moments where you walk forward and you're like, you know what, that was horrible, I don't like that person, it's over, I'm cutting them out. Or are you saying, you know what, Jesus forgave me, I'm going to forgive them. I'm going to bring unity onto this earth as it is in heaven. Well, really, really, I want to challenge you this week. As God's plan is all about bringing unity to all things, all people, and all time, is there areas that you could bring unity and partner with his plan over your life and over this planet? What is, what's some uni- unity that you can start bringing? What's some things that you can start reaching out to God and start praying through and, and letting things go and, and deepening your walk with Jesus? Let's pray. Lord, just like, just like how I was standing outside the window of Whole Foods looking in at the coffee that I wanted that I couldn't get, 
I pray that if there's any, any of us here today listening on the podcast or here in person, that's standing on the outside, looking in of, of wishing and hoping that they could have what you have to offer, I pray that they would step through fully and say, God, I, I'm here. I'm here for all that you got. You're, the, the entrance ticket pays for everything, Lord. I want your grace, I want your mercy, I want your love, your comfort, all of it. Jesus, I, I pray that you would just and meet us where we're at. There's no way that you could love us more than you already do. It's an infinitesimal amount. I pray that if there's anything that's holding us back from your love, that we would be kingdom-focused and we could let go of that, toss it behind us so we can move forward with you. In your mighty name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, we have plenty others you can check out at our website, www.lighthouse805.com. Hope to see you soon.